Hi guys, before I get into today's episode, I just want to let you know that Yang and I met in a human design group. And so we actually probably talk a little bit more in this episode about human design than I have in any other episodes. And I want to let you know that I have a series coming out as a bonus in the podcast soon, where I'm going to discuss some introductory things about human design. For those of you who are still not sure what the heck I'm talking about or any of that, that is what that series is going to be about. I hope to start releasing episodes of that next week. And I also want to let you know that I'm so excited that I will be having a guest on within the next couple of weeks, um, maybe next week, And she is a client of mine who has just released her first book as an author. Um, Actually, her book will be out, I think, when the episode airs. So that's why I want to talk about it now. But um, she is an author who whose child also died by suicide. And I feel it's really important to share those stories of other parents. Um, I just finished reading her book this morning. It was fabulous. I'm super excited to support her book launch and to tell you guys all about it on um, an episode coming up. So stay tuned for that. And also, I hope to have sprinkled in stories like that in this podcast in the future. So if there are other parents who've lost children to suicide, I welcome them to come on this podcast and share their story. I found that my story and my client's story of healing was so different. And so it's so good to share different perspectives on grief and healing and suicide awareness and prevention. So today's episode is with my friend Young, and I actually hired Young to help me to um, bring this podcast into being. And so I'm super excited to have her here because we talk a little bit about that and how she came to that. By the way, she was a professional dancer at one time, which really is fascinating to me because I I think I always dreamed I would be somehow musically talented or dance talented and I never really pursued any of that in my life. But anyways, it's something I'm always excited about. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turvo. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. Today's guest is Yang Pratt, aka Dr. Content. She is a sought-after content creation and repurposing strategist. She is known for helping female business owners breathe new life into and monetize the content that they already have by administering Content CPR. Her newest venture, Amplify Your Awesome, is an agency specializing in helping women build businesses expertly designed around everything that makes them awesome. So welcome, Young. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast launch. Thank you so much for being here. I am so thrilled and honored to be here today, Rebecca. Yes. And I just want to, before we get started, to remind ourselves how we met. So we met in a human design group, right? With um, Jackie Johnstone. And I can't remember when that was. When did you join that group? Was I it in 2020? In February 2020. Okay. That's when I joined it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, and I was able to meet you and yeah. I think it took us a while to actually connect outside the group, but when yeah. we connected, it was, it was awesome. Like there was this magnetic energy that was happening mm-hmm. and now we've taken that kind of to the next level. We get to do stuff every week together, which is super yes. exciting. Yeah. So I thought it was great. It was perfect to have you as part of the launch because you've helped me actually launch my podcast, which I think is amazing. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, so because I love to talk about like the steps and the phases we've come through to where we are today, um, maybe there are shifts you've made in your life. One thing that I find really interesting and fascinating about you is you were an actual professional dancer and you owned a performing arts school, right? Or performing arts. What was it? Yes, a studio? For 17 years. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. take us through how, so you were a professional dancer. Like, I'm just curious about the story of how that <laughs> led to this, like helping people do podcasts. Yeah. Like, I'm just curious. Absolutely. I'm actually yeah. going to take you back a little further because I think it will oh. inform kind of all the other steps. Yes. So when I was 18, my senior year of, college, of high school, I set out for college and I knew I wanted to be a doctor. So I, I went mm-hmm. off to school, went out of state to go do this thing. And I quickly discovered that it maybe wasn't the right thing, but because I had mm-hmm. told people I was going to do this thing, I felt compelled to want to continue okay. because what happened when I turned 18 and went off to college is that I discovered dancing and I took my very, very first dance class in a studio and I really? fell in love. I mean, it wasn't love at first sight, but I mean, after a couple of classes and getting into it, it was, it was one of those magical things that happened when you're in alignment. And I, I didn't use these words at all back then, but I knew yeah. that it was something for me because I would go into the classroom and I, everything else would kind of melt away. It was just me and the music and the people in the class. And it was awesome. I got to travel and perform and do a bunch of stuff. Meanwhile, my <laughs> grades wanting to be a doctor were not so stellar because, you know, when you have rehearsals till 10 or 11 at night and your first class is chemistry or biology at 7.30 in the morning, mm. not so con- to doing really, really great with my studies. So mm. I left that, I, I left that school, went to another school thinking, I'm going to get serious about my education to go be a doctor. And so I stopped dancing for a while. And oh. life was really kind of miserable because I didn't really have that outlet. Right. So fast forward, I didn't end up becoming a doctor, but I got a degree in health education, right? Thought I was going to go work internationally and, and do some global health things. But then I graduated from college didn't know what to do next. And so I had this opportunity to go travel and perform. So with a college degree, I packed up my suitcase and, you know, of course people were excited for me, but again, you know, I I wanted to be a doctor, didn't do that. (laughs) Now I'm going to, I have a college degree. I was supposed to go get a job. Yeah. Right. So, but I left for a year and a half, packed my suitcase, traveled the world, performed, and then came back and didn't know what to do next. I was kind of missing that performing piece. So I, ended up teaching at the college, yeah. opening a studio, and that studio bloomed into a full performing arts school. I ran that for 17 years and then kind of came wow. into this online space. But now what I get to do is so similar to that. People always wonder how a dancer turns techie person, podcaster, yeah. online online exactly. marketing expert, right? Yeah. And it's really kind of the same process. It's really about choreographing the next thing. <clears throat> So it starts with the idea and then you, you try some things out, you move some things around and finally the puzzle is all together. So if we think about your podcast, right, yeah. you have this idea for a podcast. Yeah. Cool. Where do you want the idea to go? Like what kind of idea do you want to have? Do you want to 
show these people or these people over here. So you get to make some choices along the way. And then you get to add things like music and you get to add the beginning of things, the intro, and you get to add the outro, the ending things. So I kind of cap the whole experience. So really at the end of the day, putting together any piece of content for me is like choreographing a dance. It starts with the idea. It starts with the heart of the idea and the emotions that go with that. And then you put all these pieces together and they may not fit. So you have to move things around. Then by the end though, you have this beautifully choreographed piece. And in your case, this podcast, because you've created this thing now (laughs) and you get to put it on the stage. And it's a really, it's a global stage. People across the world now get to hear you and your message. So to me, I just see it as this beautiful dance from the start to the end and it keeps going. That's a, I never thought of it like that, but it's like a dance. I, you know what? And I, I'm so surprised like to hear you say that you had never taken a (laughs) dance lesson until college. And then you were professional, like you were paid to dance, like never having taken. (laughs) Right. right. Well, so, so in my local high school, I live in a small town. So we had a, we had a drill team. And so when I look back, it was like, not really like we had rehearsal and we put together quote unquote dances. But when I, when I compare that to my dance experience and what I got to do in college and what Mm. I got to do traveling wise, vastly different. It was very much like a drill team kind of thing, you know? So, um, but yeah, my first official in the classroom class was at 18 years old. Wow. It was one of those things that I kind of jumped in with both feet because it was that part of me at that point that I just really needed. I never had that place to express myself fully. I I never felt like I could really be who I wanted to be, except for in that classroom. And then when I got to the stage, that was like the the manifestation of everything that I was. And I could, I could leave everything on the stage and then go back to being my really quiet, shy, normal everyday self. But on that stage (laughs) for those few moments, I got to be a giant, if you will. Like I got to be the embodiment of who I thought that I was, but then that's not who I was every day in my life. Yeah. And so that, the wanting to be a doctor, was that something that was because there was somebody in your family that was a doctor? Or it's like, to be successful, like we should be a doctor or, you know, what was that <laughs> reasoning? I'm just curious. It's like, yeah, so I mean, hmm. it changed a couple times when I was a kid. So at first, I wanted to be a teacher. And then I wanted to be a lawyer. Then I went to go work in a law office discovered I really did not want to do that, because <laughs> it was not yeah. exciting at all for me. And I, I loved science. I was a science nerd. I just couldn't get enough, especially of biology and systems and processes of how the body works and how, how, how the body just heals itself or, you know, there's this illness coming. I was just fascinated by the whole process. So I just really wanted to learn more about that. But in the process of working in the hospital and doing these things, I quickly discovered that what I really wanted to know about was how the body worked, but I wanted to have conversation with the people Mm. I was serving and actually help them, not have five minutes with them, but I actually wanted them to get better. And that was not the profession that I wanted to go into. So when I discovered that was the reality, I was like, I'm out. I'm I'm not doing this all these years of school to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes with somebody. And then I never see them again. You know, I just, Uh, that didn't sit well with me, that whole idea of, okay, come in, see you later. (laughs) Right. Not working with people longer than, you know, one appointment or yeah. something. Right. Yeah, Right. Because even yeah. even back then, I, there was part of me wanting that was, I guess, 
reminding me that connecting with people and having that relationship is really, I know now that that drives me. But even back then when I was 18, I knew that there was that part missing in the profession that I had chosen that I really wanted to go into would not provide that experience for me. So when I went into health education, that felt better to me because it was still the sciencey part of it, but yeah. it was about creating a longer term relationship where I could take somebody through a process from beginning to the end and actually see them get better on the other side. Yeah. That's so interesting. And like, how does this relate to, I mean, that desire to help somebody see something on the other side. And right now what you help people do is create content, right? It's like um, creating a process or a system around content and helping themselves be visible and seen. So it's kind of, I guess I can see the people part of that, right? Of you connecting with somebody and helping them through a process. Is that kind of how you see that? Like a similar... Yeah. So when I discovered my human design earlier in this year, and I've been unpacking the pieces, you know, what I finally came to discover is that my role on this planet is not to do all the work as a projector, right? I learned that very quickly. And I thought that was, that was not how I was living my life up until that point, because I was just hustling, trying to get all the things done. Yeah. So when I discovered that it felt good to be able Mm -hmm. to step back, but really my gift, I think that I'm bringing to the world is that I help you like my clients look good so that you attract the right people to your tribe with your content, but not in a go, go, go sort of way, but in a, in a systematic way where you can create one thing and on the other side, create lots of pieces to sprinkle out over time so that you can stay in your zone of genius. And I can help you find that process to help you really get visible on the other side. Yeah. And and as we're talking about human design, people might not even know what a projector is. But what I know about projectors, too, is that is part of their role here is to help us see how to work less and be simpler. Right? Because projectors generally don't (laughs) have this energy center. Like I have an energy center, (laughs) like a sacral energy center that Mm -hmm. a projector like you doesn't have. And so I think that's amazing. It really actually does fit so well with the projector ishness. I love to call you a projectorishness person, but um, <laughs> the projectorishness is to actually simplify things to teach us that we don't have to work really hard and constantly. And you know what I mean? That's kind of a projector's role. So I think it's perfect. <laughs> now that I know, I no, never it, thought it of it. That way. <laughs> yeah, well, it is so funny, because I, I have friends out in the world. And one of my friends, she, she made this comment to me before I knew about human design. But now that I know it, it makes so much sense. Yeah. She said to me, you're kind of like Nancy Drew in business. Like you just see all these things that nobody else sees and you connect yeah. things that are definitely not connected, but you make it easier. Yeah. So when she told me that exactly. story, I was like, yes, that is exciting. I'm the Nancy Drew. But now that I know that I'm a projector and yes. my gift is to see opportunities most people don't even consider. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It I, is. I get really excited all the time to, to work with new business owners and, and, and say, okay, let me see all the things you're doing. And, and are there things that we could connect together? Or, you know, can we put these things together? Can we create this? Can we do these yes. things? And it's just so much fun for me. It's like a big, a big giant jigsaw puzzle. Like if we move this piece to here, maybe it'll fit up here. It looks like it fits down here, but it's not quite right. So maybe just yeah. you know turning it, pivoting it a little bit, then it'll fit. And then by the end, this huge, you know, this beautiful puzzle or this picture is created. 
Yes. And I was, especially for manifesting generators like me, who are kind of like all over the, like we have a lot of ideas you know, and we have a lot of projects, which is just how our energy works, right? We're like, yay, we're working on 10 things, but it's like taking a projector energy and allowing them to like you, allowing you to come into my business and, and help me focus on, okay, well, here's the next step. Like that has been really helpful for me. Like I can be a step-by-step person when I want to be, but like if I'm fully living into my manifesting generator personality, it's really hard for me sometimes to really focus on. And that's actually not my job. It's actually your job. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, I should exactly. hire people like you. I need to continue to allow all the things to flow and I need to have people to help focus. Right. So it's just like, I feel like when I met you, I was like, okay, I can see why I was told that as a manifesting generator that I need to have. And cause it, it fit perfect when I hired you, I was like, oh yes, young could help me do this. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, and it just feels better. I, I just like, oh, I know I have young. <laughs> So I can go ask her that question. So yes. Well, and oh, I, I love it too. That. And we've we've had the discussion too where the energy we create together because you have your yes. energy center. I don't have yes. that much energy. So when yeah. we work together, I get to I yeah. get to have some of that flow through me. And then what yeah. we create on the other side is even better because now we get right. to combine our energies. Oh, that's what I love about helping people with their design and figuring out who how they relate to others, you know, especially mm. like other people in their house or, you know, could be people they work with. But it's just really super cool how our energy comes together and creates something bigger, you know, together. It's not just an alone thing. You know, it's so yes, cool. Exactly. Oh, and I love that part. So I know we already talked about this design stuff. But well, t- and I think we've covered this a little bit, but like, what do you do now then? And how do you serve people like concisely? How would you put that if you were to tell somebody, <laughs> well, here's what I do now, <laughs> you know, here's how I help so, such a good, such a good question because I don't, I'll keep this answer very brief. Yeah. So I'll just quickly say, or share with you that a lot of my students call me Dr. Content because mm. when I, I, I look at their content and I can quickly diagnose how to make it better and how, how to get them to work less. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving yes. you this, this content prescription, basically, that's going to make <laughs> your life as the business owner the most efficient, because then you can stay and focus in on what you need to do, rather than worry about all the details, right? I'm going to bring that visionary perspective to your business in relation to your content, how you can actually maximize and amplify everything you're creating with a system yes. that actually gets you to work less. Yes, and, and that's so awesome. We all need that. Um, and so how, uh, I'm just curious about, so we've talked about your design, right? But how did it help you when you found out how to make decisions? Like, how did that change? <laughs> Cause I know you and I both have the emotional decision-making <laughs> authority. Yes. So I'm curious for like for you, I know how it works for me, but how did that change anything for you? Well, first of all, it's really went to, it reminded me of all all the times in the past when I had made decisions on the spur of the moment that Mm, ended up not being great. Because now that I know I need to ride the emotional roller coaster, the ups and downs, and I need to give myself space before I make any decision, that has really freed up a lot of mental anguish. I was really you know, when I would be faced with a decision, I would want to know and give an answer right then and, and jump into a program or do this thing or this thing. And whenever yes. I did that, looking back, it was like, oh, and like afterwards, it's like, oh, I didn't feel good afterwards. Right. But now that I know that 
I just need to give myself some space. So if I'm going to work with a new client, like yourself included, I I think I took a couple of days, a a week and, you know, really kind of molded over. And that was great because I just knew that I could take the time and it was okay. And that's the way that I was going to get to the right decision. So being able to step back has really helped me. And in the beginning, I was really frustrated with having to wait for the invitation and wait to, for my emotions to ride, you know, to go on the roller coaster. But now it's like, oh, okay. I understand why I reacted in that situation because I was at the bottom of my emotions and it was not a good day for me to be doing anything, let alone make decisions. Right. So it's fascinating now to see life and business through the lens of human design, because I can see now very clearly when I was in alignment with my design and when I wasn't. And that's really a gift because now I can look back and say, okay, let me think of a time when things were going really well, the business felt really easy, it felt really joyful, it felt really fun and compare it to now because I'm not feeling that now. Like, how do I get back Mm. there? So having that perspective has really helped me to shift. And especially in times like this week, you know, my energy has been really kind of funny. Like I'm at the bottom of my, my energetic process right now. I'm like, man, I need to go back up to the other side. How do I do that? And knowing that in my, you know, I have a four, six in that and knowing that my four requires me to connect, to be able to live my purpose and to really feel energetically alive. I look back at this last week and I wasn't connecting enough. Mm. So I'm like, oh, Okay, I'm in a funk because I haven't had, I haven't been exposed to other generators, manifesting generators, people who have a lot of energy. I've not been, I've not been letting that wash over me to get that, that exchange of energy. So I've just felt like, you know, so, so, so knowing that now and like, yeah, and just saying, oh, that's what's going on. I just need to always remind myself that I need to lead with that. I need to network. I need to connect. That's where I find passion. That's where I find energy and to do more of that. I love that. And thank you. I mean, you've, you've described so many parts of human design right there, which (laughs) some of my audience will have no idea what that means, but that's okay. Cause at the end of the show, I'll tell you guys how you can figure out your own, but um, yes, I love talking about how it really does change when you understand, okay, well, this is the way I'm designed. And it's like, you give yourself permission. It's like, like I breathe a sigh of relief. Like, it's okay to be me now. Like, you know, it's like, we've, pushed against being ourselves. We've resisted it. We've been told that we should be something different. There's some rules we're trying to follow, you know, and they don't really fit with us. And it's so amazing to find out, oh, that's why, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know what you mean about the waiting. So I've been like, oh, I have to wait through this emotional wave (laughs) (laughs) to make a decision when I'm not like attached to it emotionally, right? It's like to not be attached. And that took me a while to figure out, I guess I had to really kind of sink into it. But I think it, it makes a lot of sense. But I did have to put a warning on my wall, no impulsive decisions. <laughs> oh, like, that's awesome. I'm really, I can see how I've made so many impulsive decisions in yeah. my life. And I'm like, okay, I get it now, right? It's yeah, so it's been so amazing to, um, and to connect with other people like you who are also like sinking into the experiment, right? Of human design, Mm -hmm. we call it an experiment for a reason, because there's a lot you can learn about it. But until you actually start living it, it's not going to really help. You know, so I love that. 
So thank you for sharing all of that. So Young, where can people find you if they want to know more about helping you create, helping them create content like the Dr. Young, what are we, Dr. Content? Dr. Content. Dr. Content, (laughs) yes. Where can they find out more about that? Sure. So the best place to connect with me is going to be my website, youngpratt.com. And there you can link out to things like my podcast and all my social media. But yeah, that's the best place to connect. And can I give your listeners a gift? Is that okay? Yes, that's great. Perfect. So if you go to my website, youngpratt.com slash bloomed, you can actually get a copy of my content marketing toolkit, which is my top 15 tools. Many of them are free or low cost that you can use to not only start creating and sharing your content, but how you can then really turn your content into more by amplifying it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Young, for joining us today. I'm really happy you came and it was a really great conversation. Thanks, Rebecca. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.